0: From David himself, we see Isaiah's sentiments of the suffering servant echoed as he writes, and I quote, They have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. So, this is an open letter to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and all of the Jewish people on the way to peace. Dear Mr. Netanyahu, and all of the Jewish people, here is the road to peace for all of you. In the Hebrew Bible, peace is mentioned quite frequently. When a man's ways please the Lord, we read in Proverbs 16, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Peace depends on the Almighty, as the Psalms reveal. They say, For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalms 4.8. Hey, my friends, are you still looking for a Christmas gift for that someone special on your list who seems to have everything? Well, i got something for you. We've got these beautiful silver rounds. They're one ounce of pure silver. And on it is, of course, a picture of LifeSite commemorating our 25th anniversary, but also the anniversary of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Perfect little gift for that person on your list who has everything. God bless you. Before we continue... I must begin, as we always do on this show, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, let me tell you, in all honesty, Mr. Netanyahu and all of the Jewish peoples, I have the key to peace for you and for all the people, the sons of Abraham. But let me begin with why I'm wanting to share this with you. It actually relates to the immense love and gratitude that I hold in my heart for the Jewish people. The example of your people has molded my life, it's inspired my mind and heart, and in fact, it gives my life meaning and purpose. Father Abraham, with his great faith in God, was ready to accept that his 90-year-old wife could bear him a son. He believed so strongly that even when God asked him to sacrifice his one and only son, the son of the promise, who was to beget for him as many descendants as the stars, Abraham did not hesitate to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac, too, in his turn, was ready to be sacrificed and was ready to accept death at the hand of the God who made him and called him to birth out of his mother's aged womb Jacob after heeding the advice of Rebekah his mother received the birthright and was loved by the Lord he wrestled even with an angel in order to receive the blessing of heaven and suffered a limp ever after as a result of that struggle and surely it was a constant reminder of the promise and the presence of the almighty In Jacob's son Joseph, we see the awesome work of God in bringing good from evil. The treachery of his brothers led to a miraculous saving of the people of Israel from famine and allowed the children of Abraham to flourish. Even after the persecution by the Egyptians, God raised up Moses to deliver his people out of bondage with great and awesome signs and wonders up to and including the striking down of the firstborn of Egypt. But even once allowed to leave, Pharaoh sought revenge and pursued the chosen people into the desert. Undeterred, Moses, by God's command, parted the Red Sea and led the Israelites across on dry ground. When pursued by the Egyptian army, God dealt the final blow upon Pharaoh's soldiers, As they were drowned in the sea, leaving the progeny of Abraham to rejoice at their deliverance by the hand of the Lord. The intimacy with God caused Moses' face to shine like the sun so it could not be gazed upon by the people. The Almighty wrote on tablets of stone the great commandments which stand today as a rule for all mankind. The awesome majesty of God and the reverence due him were drilled home in the care and splendor with which the Ark of the Covenant was constructed and revered. When it was touched by an unconsecrated hand, the guilty party was slain by the Lord of hosts. The succession of judges and kings culminate in David, the tragic hero in whom we see the mixture of ardent love for God mixed with a humanity weak to the temptations of the flesh. He teaches us the awesome mercy of God when his people repent of their sins. The great prophet Elijah evidenced so powerfully that there is no God other than the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His example of fidelity under persecution is for us a shining beacon of hope as we await with you. Elijah's return from his celestial place of repose. It is for all these reasons and many, many more that followers of Christ, Catholics, love the Jewish people. We count your ancestry as our own spiritual ancestry as well. We revere the saints of your ancient fathers. We honor them and implore God that we may follow their example of unyielding fidelity. We are grateful beyond words for the grace of your people that they have bestowed on the whole world. And there is one more prophet whom we share, who stirs our hearts, but also marks a delineation between our peoples, and that is Isaiah. The great prophet who tells of the Lord's sign that a virgin will conceive and bear a son, who will be called Emmanuel, God with us, as you can read in Isaiah 7.14. He writes about the Lord's suffering servant, in whom all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God, as he records in Isaiah 52.10. He who is, as Isaiah 53 reveals, to be despised, and the most abject of men, a man of sorrows, who has borne the infirmities and carried our sorrows, one who people would believe to be struck by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our iniquities, he was bruised for our sins, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his bruises we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was to be the atoning, sacrificial lamb who was offered because it was his own will and was led as a sheep to the slaughter and shall not open his mouth. The suffering servant, Isaiah tells us, has done no iniquity. Neither was there deceit in his mouth. But yet the Lord was pleased to bruise him in infirmity. And that he shall lay down his life for sin, that would justify many, and he shall bear their iniquities, that he would even pray for the transgressors. And we see this not only in Isaiah, we see it also prophesied in David's writings. David wrote, too, of your long-awaited Messiah, who is the son of Miriam and Joseph. We call her Mary, both descendants of David. And from David himself, we see Isaiah's sentiments of the suffering servant echoed as he writes, and I quote, They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. And that's from Psalms 22. He came to free first the Jews, and then all of the Gentile world from slavery to sin and the devil. He established the one true church, revealing himself as the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel. And perhaps these verses from your own revered prophet can reverberate in your heart and stir you to see in this calamitous time, perhaps to recognize the truth of Jesus the Christ, to see in him the peace that has so eluded the people of Israel since the time of Christ. We know from the Proverbs that something is wrong, for we are told when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs sixteen seven. Peace depends on the Almighty as the Psalms reveal, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalms 4, 8. Jesus is there for you, And all your people, all followers of Christ, believe that one day the prophecy of Zechariah will be fulfilled, that a spirit of grace will be poured out on the house of David, and the Jews will look upon me on him who they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weeps bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Zechariah 12. In our New Testament, which we include in our Bible alongside your Hebrew Bible, Jesus is recorded as lamenting for the Jews, his own people. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. You'll find that in Matthew 23, 37. You know, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it is true that there are some followers of Christ who, out of a mistaken sense of charity or a cowardice for fear of disdain, refused to invite our Jewish brothers and sisters to recognize in Jesus the Messiah. They refused to let them see him for what he is, flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone, a descendant of David. He fulfills the sign prophesied by Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. So it's out of love for you, for your heritage, for the gift you gave to the world. Let me a nobody, and someone who holds in his heart great love for you and for a debt of gratitude invites you to consider him who your heart desires, him whose hands and feet were pierced for love of you, him who allowed himself to be crucified to save you and all of us from our sins, who offered himself as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world, and to grant us peace. Some time ago at Lifesight News, we ran a show with Mother Miriam, a Jew from New York who became a Catholic. She calls herself a completed Jew since she is recognized in Jesus, the One, the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Reacting to the deplorable stance of some Catholics and Christians who refused to offer Jesus to the Jews, she castigated them, saying that the greatest form of anti-Semitism was keeping Jesus from the Jews. Here, watch her testimony for yourself and know that it comes from that spirit of love and admonishment of those followers of Jesus who would dare to suggest that out of some kind of politically correct nonsense, we should refuse to give Jesus to the Jews. That is a cowardice, and it in fact shows a hatred under a veil of love and charity. Watch what she has to say. That's where she's coming from.
1: And I think, uh, Dear Excellency, that the greatest form of anti-Semitism ever is to deny the Jewish people, the knowledge of Christ, whom they gave to the world through God. Um, You are damning them if you deny them and if you say they can come to God in any other way. They cannot. Right. Um,
2: It is true, Mother Miriam, you, you spoke very precisely, and this we have to, we will commit a grave, grievous sin against the, the love of neighbor yeah. if we do not preach with love and conviction to the Jews of today, yeah. Jesus Christ as their only Savior and also, and, only to the, and also to the Muslims, to the Hindus, to all the people. You
0: know, after we aired that, some commented that her remarks were anti-Semitic. So I wanted to explain her stance that it comes from great love, a great love of her own people, her heritage, and an ardent desire that the people of her ancestry come to the same divine love which has so permeated her heart and soul that she is steeped in a joy and peace that no earthly power can ever take from her. She wants that same joy and peace for you and is righteously angered by those who would dare to deprive her own people of the knowledge of the Messiah. So out of love, respect, and gratitude for the Jewish people, I beg you, with Mother Miriam, to turn to Emmanuel, God with us, and see him, the Lord, the answer to the puzzle in Genesis which speaks of the one And only God saying, let us make man in our image. The one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He chose Abraham and his descendants as the means to bring the Messiah to all mankind through the woman whose glory shines brighter than the praises of Judith. She is the mother of the Messiah, and she, the faithful daughter of the house of David, is the crown of all women on earth. What Prince Ozias said of Judith applies all the more to Miriam, or Mary as we call her. Blessed art thou, O daughter, by the Lord the Most High God, above all women upon the earth, because he hath so magnified thy name this day, that thy praise shall not depart out of the mouths of men. It is also said of her, Blessed art thou by God in every tabernacle of Jacob, for in every nation which shall hear thy name, the God of Israel shall be magnified on occasion of thee. Hear the prayer of this Miriam, of Mary, the mother of Jesus, after the Messiah was conceived in her womb by the power of God. Hear her words the echo of the prayers of all the holy women of Israel and of all the prophets and holy ones of Abraham's children. She prays for you, her kinsmen, and her prayer will be heard by the Almighty one day and one day soon. She prayed, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoiced in God my Saviour, because he hath regarded the humility of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, because he that is mighty has done great things to me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is from generation unto generations to them that fear him. He has showed might in his arm, he has scattered the proud in the conceit of their heart, He has put down the mighty from their seat and has exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has received Israel his servant, being mindful of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you.
1: And from David himself,
0: we see Isaiah's sentiments of the suffering servant echoed as he writes, and I quote, They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. And that's from Psalms 22. He came to free first the Jews and then all of the Gentile world from slavery to sin and the devil. He established the one true church, revealing himself as the Messiah the Holy One of Israel. And perhaps these verses from your own revered prophet can reverberate in your heart and stir you to see in this calamitous time, perhaps to recognize the truth of Jesus the Christ, to see in him the peace that has so eluded the people of Israel since the time of Christ. We know from the Proverbs that something is wrong. For we are told when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs sixteen seven. Peace depends on the Almighty as the Psalms reveal, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalms 4, 8. Jesus is there for you and all your people. All followers of Christ believe that one day the prophecy of Zechariah will be fulfilled, that a spirit of grace will be poured out on the house of David, and the Jews will look upon me, on him who they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weeps bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Zechariah 12.10 In our New Testament, which we include in our Bible alongside your Hebrew Bible, Jesus is recorded as lamenting for the Jews, his own people. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. You'll find that in Matthew 23, 37. You know, I'm ashamed to admit it. But it is true that there are some followers of Christ who out of a mistaken sense of charity or a cowardice for fear of disdain refuse to invite our Jewish brothers and sisters to recognize in Jesus the Messiah. They refused to let them see him for what he is, flesh of your flesh, bone of your bone, a descendant of David. He fulfills the sign prophesied by Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. So it's out of love for you, for your heritage, for the gift you gave to the world. Let me, a nobody, And someone who holds in his heart great love for you and for a debt of gratitude invites you to consider him who your heart desires. Him whose hands and feet were pierced for love of you. Him who allowed himself to be crucified to save you and all of us from our sins. Who offered himself as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world and to grant us peace.
1: Some time ago at LifeSite News, we ran a show with Mother
0: Miriam, a Jew from New York who became a Catholic. She calls herself a completed Jew since she is recognized in Jesus, the one, the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Reacting to the deplorable stance of some Catholics and Christians who refuse to offer Jesus to the Jews, she castigated them. Saying that the greatest form of anti Semitism was keeping Jesus from the Jews. Here, watch her testimony for yourself and know that it comes from that spirit of love and admonishment of those followers of Jesus who would dare to suggest that out of some kind of politically correct nonsense, we should refuse to give Jesus to the Jews. That is a cowardice, and it in fact shows a hatred under a veil of love and charity. Watch what she has to say. That's where she's coming from.
1: And I think, uh, Dear Excellency, that the greatest form of anti-Semitism ever is to deny the Jewish people the knowledge of Christ whom they gave to the world through God. Um, You are damning them if you deny them and if you say they can come to God in any other way. They cannot right um
2: it is true mother miriam you you spoke very precisely and this we have to we will commit a grave grievous sin against the the love of neighbor if we do not preach with love and conviction to the jews of today jesus christ as their only savior and also and only to the and also to the muslims to the hindus to all the people
0: You know, after we aired that, some commented that her remarks were anti-Semitic. So I wanted to explain her stance that it comes from great love. A great love of her own people, her heritage, and an ardent desire that the people of her ancestry come to the same divine love which has so permeated her heart and soul that she is steeped in a joy and peace that no earthly power can ever take from her. She wants that same joy and peace for you and is righteously angered by those who would dare to deprive her own people of the knowledge of the Messiah. So out of love, respect, and gratitude for the Jewish people, I beg you, with Mother Miriam, To turn to Emmanuel, God with us, and see him, the Lord, the answer to the puzzle in Genesis which speaks of the one and only God saying, Let us make man in our image, the one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: David wrote, too, of your long-awaited Messiah,
0: who is the son of Miriam and Joseph. We call her Mary, both descendants of David. And from David himself, we see Isaiah's sentiments of the suffering servant echoed as he writes, and I quote, They have pierced my hands and my feet. They have numbered all my bones. And that's from Psalms 22. He came to free first the Jews and then all of the Gentile world from slavery to sin and the devil. He established the one true Church, revealing himself as the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel.
1: Mother Miriam, a Jew from New York who became a Catholic.
0: She calls herself a completed Jew since she is recognized in Jesus the one, the Holy One of Israel, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Reacting to the deplorable stance of some Catholics and Christians who refuse to offer Jesus to the Jews, she castigated them. Saying that the greatest form of anti Semitism was keeping Jesus from the Jews. The one God in three persons Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He chose Abraham and his descendants as the means to bring the Messiah to all mankind through the woman whose glory shines brighter than the praises of Judith. She is the mother of the Messiah, and she, the faithful daughter of the house of David, is the
1: crown of all women on earth.
0: What Prince Ozias said of Judith applies all the more to Miriam, or Mary as we call her. Blessed art thou, O daughter, by the Lord the Most High God, above all women upon the earth, because he hath so magnified thy name this day, that thy praise shall not depart out of the mouths of men. It is also said of her, Blessed art thou by God, In every tabernacle of Jacob, for in every nation which shall hear thy name, the God of Israel shall be magnified on occasion of thee.